Welcome to the Ordinals Podcast, produced by Ord Media, featuring the top builders, projects, and investors pioneering Bitcoin inscription protocols and the future of digital artifacts. So, uh, you know, thanks so much for, uh, for joining our panel about inscription tools, right? And we have uh, some of the best people to talk about this here. And so, guys, can you just take 30 seconds at the very beginning, just tell who you are, what you do, what your company does, just to kind of briefly introduce yourselves, and then we're going to get into it. For sure. Um, my name is Jack Napolitano. Um, I've been a developer at Gamma for about a year. Um, we're an NFT and ordinal marketplace, um, and obviously provide a suite of creator tools and inscription tools. Um, and, you know, different, we can get into the details later, but that's my high level. Hey, my name is Brian. Um, I'm the co-founder of Ordinals Bot. We launched in February 7th, so we were one of the first inscription services to make it really easy for people to just drag and drop files, and then we inscribe it and send the, send the inscription to the people. And yeah, it's been a crazy rollercoaster since then, so looking forward to the, to the panel today. Yeah. yeah, my name is Lightrider, I'm, I'm a Lightning developer, and I'm the CEO, CBO, CFO, and CTO of Ordimint. <laughs> it's, it's just me. <laughs> And uh, yeah, I, I, I discovered ordinals, and in the beginning it felt uh, ex exactly like the early days of lightning. And I was like, hey, this is so cool, I have to build something for that. And so I was building uh, an inscription tool where you can pay with lightning, and it's also a wallet, and maybe soon also a PSPT marketplace. Awesome. Yeah, you know, I think there's a lot to cover because I think, you know, what's really important here about your tools, guys, is like you basically democratize the access. Right, like you know, I remember I was there looking at ordinals. You know, when people are inscribing around 1,000 sub 10k, and uh, I was really trying to figure out how I can do it myself, but I couldn't. And I think I actually the first one that I used was uh, was ordinals bot. You know, at the very beginning to inscribe and obviously tried others as well. But uh, you know, so guys, like like what what kind of led you to this decision? To like you know build these tools like you know what was really kind of the motivation for you guys I mean obviously Gamma you guys are all about artists etc I would love for you to kind of tell us you know what is the what is the major motivation to provide this this service yeah I think for Gamma and similarly uh, with Bruff we came from um, layers that wanted to build on Bitcoin um, and Lightning of course and so um, when Ordinals started going crazy and you know we were reading Twitter, trying to learn, and reading the threads, and reading, you know, uh, ordinal theory, and trying to figure out what we were going to do. Um, it was like a no-brainer. Um, I remember one day we were just like, uh, "What is this ordinal thing?" It was like a Thursday, and we we're like, "Maybe we should take a look at it." And then, like a couple hours later, we were like, "Okay, wait, we actually have to like dive right into this." Um, and I think, like, I assume you probably had a similar mindset about it. Um, and at Gamma, like. We are so focused on like making the access to creators and empowering the artists um, to just have a smooth transition into uh, getting their inscriptions on blockchain. And so uh, we wanted to create like an easy process that uh, abstracted away all of the difficulties of running a Bitcoin node and uh, your own Ord, you know, Ord server and just give them a way where they can upload their art, um, upload their text and put an inscription on the blockchain. Brian. Yeah, very similar story. Um, I wanted to do it myself, and I'm a front-end guy, so like I don't understand how to do all the back-end Bitcoin stuff. I just make the buttons and stuff look nice. 
Um, so, but I wanted to get involved with it, and um, I, I reached out to my team. It's like anyone doing something, and our co-founder was building something, and I said, right, cool, I'll put a front end on it, and we'll put it online. And it was like drag and drop. Like for me, that's really easy, and I think for a lot of other people to, who want to just get a, like just a, a really easy onboarding, just really try it out without having to spin up their own uh, Bitcoin node. Yeah, it was perfect for us, and yeah, we launched it, and we were one of the first ones to do it. So we immediately got just melted, like the server just died. We weren't set up for that, tra that amount of traffic, so it was during the Bitcoin punks mint. And then once that spread in their Discord that there's actually a service that does this, we just got bombarded and we went down for about six hours, scaled up, and then and it's been, been crazy since then. So yeah, I think that being a UX guy, it's like this is just an amazing thing for Bitcoin. You know, previously you know, it was very kind of dev orientated, so you you have to download a GitHub binary and then follow a 25-step tutorial to do like nobody's got to do that. Right? They just want to drag and drop and click a button. And this is, I think, a brilliant thing that's coming to Bitcoin. A huge creative movement and a huge amount of like great UX that's coming as well. So yeah, it's um, just only good things for Bitcoin, basically. Please. Yeah, um, I just love to build things, and when I discovered the ordinal theory, it was it immediately made click. You know, it was like discovering Bitcoin, and it was like discovering Lightning, and now it was like discovering something like this again. And and it's also very it's a very simple theory, and that's I think why it is so so innovative, and that's also why it hit like like nothing before, not like Counterparty, which is very complicated. And so I immediately set a, set up an org wallet. You know, they have to sync the whole blockchain and stuff. And then I was like, okay more people should use that, it should be way easier for people. So we have Lightning, that's another perfect use case for Lightning because you need Bitcoin to do this, to, to inscribe something. So just build a simple front end, um, let people drag and drop uh, their stuff and let them use it. And I also got a, I also saw on Twitter that a lot of people hated that, and that was also a little bit of motivation, like, <laughs> because, you know, Bitcoin is free, open source, and uh, many people don't like what we built, but that's the nice thing about Bitcoin, you don't have to agree with me, but I will build it anyway. Yeah? So that was a motivation. Yeah, that's awesome. And so, so guys, how do you see the future of this space, right? Because, you know, how it's evolving today, obviously, you know, inscriptions and like, you know, I would say kind of back in the days, it was all about the 10K collections. Now it's becoming pretty expensive to do those things. And so now we kind of saw the, the hype around BRC20, which is also just all about inscriptions, right? It's so good for your businesses, you know, obviously. But kind of how do you see the future of this? Like, you know, what's going to be maybe the next thing? You know, like, what do we need to do to improve this even further? Can we make it cheaper? You know, like, what, what, are, what are you guys kind of like really focusing on right now? You know, specifically improving this, this space? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's impossible to say what's coming, right? The, the BRC20 thing just came out of left field and, and went crazy. And we didn't really see that coming. Um, but I think that they're just... There's got to be a lot more smart developers coming into this space with their ideas of how to improve the protocol. Um, you know, if anyone's into open source development, I would recommend that they get involved with the Ordinals protocol. And, you know, um, we need to grow that team as, as large as possible so we can just really move it forward. You know, there's, I'm really speaking from a front end guy here, so bear with me. But I think there's like ways of doing like multiple inscriptions uh, in one transaction. Um, Shout out to Raf for telling me that, but that apparently that's got to be a good one to kind of you know make it more efficient and things like that. Um, and 
I, I don't think there's any reason why these things need to be human readable either. You know, like the JSON file is completely unformatted and human readable. That's not really needed. So like a lot more compression, a lot of things like that might improve things. Um, but yeah, so I'm not for like expanding the block size or anything like that. That's definitely not a topic we want to talk about. But because then it would be breaking the rules. That's the great thing about ordinals is it's, it's, it's followed the rules, right? There's no, no, we've not broken any rules here. We're doing, yeah. or, you know, so. But no, yeah, this is, you know, this is cool, and maybe you guys can also expand on that. Uh, you know, you just mentioned a really interesting thing that like with one transaction you can do multiple inscriptions. Like, like is the limit two inscriptions, or is the limit that you can do like? Like like unlimited number potentially or like like what's what's really there? Man, you're asking the wrong guy. But I think it would be <laughs> it's probably going to be based on the block limit, right? So the the transaction sizes think is a, a standard transactions uh, 400 kilobytes. So it's probably got to be limited to that. But right now it's 400 kilobytes. But you're doing one inscription per transaction. So I guess they could fill that up. That's that's my guess. Yeah. And what's, add, what's also getting really interesting is uh, I don't know if any one of you is familiar with, for example, Miniscript. It's a scripting language where you can uh, make uh, Bitcoin transactions way more programmable. And uh, I think if we implement this into ordinals, we can do a lot of very interesting things. For example, it would be possible to, to cancel, for example, inscription. So you are an artist and you want to inscribe something, so you have only the commitment transaction and you let the, the buyer pay for the reveal transaction and then you could uh, implement some time locks, for example, and you as an artist can look, okay, after one week nobody has bought my inscription, so you can cancel it. So this would be, would, uh, very, interesting be, would be very interesting, for example. And I'm also very pumped on uh, PSPTs, what we can do with them. So uh, yesterday I was talking to an Ethereum developer and he was like, in Ethereum, it's so complicated, and you need a lot of code to do all this uh, Uniswap, Uniswap, all these trustless swaps and so. But with PSPT, that's the most purest form of a smart contract. And uh, even the Ethereum devs, they are really pumped about this because this is so natural, and it's also it's way more secure, yeah, to to write uh, to to have just this PSPT instead of a lot of code, yeah. So you can also do trustless inscriptions, for example, with PSPT, so you don't need a service like us, yeah? So that's also not so good for us, but I mean, we can offer something like this. But uh, we are only scratching at the surface at the moment what is possible in this space. I mean, we have seen, within the last three months, we have seen so many stuff going on, so I don't want to know what in one year we are talking about. I think we've just scratched the surface with uh, the PSPTs. Um, one of the things we recently did was Dutch auctions, and so you can time lock listings, and you essentially create a bunch of listings, but each one only becomes valid at a certain time. And with you know our skilled uh, front-end devs, we made this beautiful Dutch auction experience where uh, you know you have what feels like. Uh, an Ethereum Dutch auction that would be programmed into a smart contract, but it's just the power of the PSBTs working behind the scenes um, enabling that. So I think uh, there's a lot more to learn, and uh, I don't know how much Bitcoin docs, like, it's pretty scarce at this point. Obviously, there's a lot out there, but in terms of, like, the PSBT world and what we can do in ordinals, um, there's a lot to be written and a lot to be learned and discovered. So I think it's just really exciting uh, to see what's going what's gonna to evolve and what PSBTs are going to be able to do as we get more deep into it. Yeah, and so so you guys work with a lot of collections and artists because you're inscribing stuff for them. And so so what is kind of let's say the thing that they're asking for the most? You know, like when let's say they want to actually do a collection. Maybe before it was 10k, maybe now it's going to be smaller, whatever. Or maybe they're playing around with some pixel art. 
you know, you name it. Like, like what is something that, that they would really like to have, you know, when it comes to doing these inscriptions around collections, etc. More space, <laughs> you know, like you've got you've got photographers and fine artists that are coming with the 4K, 10,000 pixel wide images and like inscribe it. <laughs> I'm like, no, like it's two gigabyte file, you know. So that's been a little bit of a, a, a not a stumbling point, but a little bit of a friction of, of, you know, you need to compress these things down. And some artists, you know, they don't want to compromise the image quality, which is totally understandable. There's some amazing compression tools out there. If you get it down to like 800 by 800 pixels, which is a huge reduction from these like normal sizes, you know, you can compress it down without losing too much quality. Um, and then of course you can fill up the full block as well, right? So, but you're still only then limited to four megabytes and it's really expensive to do that. Um, but, you know, we did um, our inscription collection for Coldy. He's a really great artist. He actually came from the Ethereum side. And um, he said something really cool, which resonated with me, and he called it blockchain as a canvas. So he's like, he's using the limitation in his artwork. So like, he'll, if he if he has to if he has to optimize it, he's got to like really optimize it to make it like really grainy and textured, and use it in his artwork. So that was pretty cool. But yeah, it's um, interesting to see this the, the amount of creativity that's coming over to over to Bitcoin. Um, you've got like amazing collections coming over that have really dominated in other chains and they're bringing their whole community over as well, which I really like to see. Um, and then you've just, just got like artists who are maybe stepping into Web3 for the first time and like they maybe heard about doing something on, on other chains, but then when they hear Bitcoin, their eyes light up a little bit more. That's what I've been seeing. So it's, I'm just really excited to see like what other artists and what other collections are going to come and what they're going to build, you know, so. But do you, do, you, do you guys think like, obviously, there is a limitation of size? And so do you see people kind of embracing it and like now like trying to figure out, you just mentioned some examples, like some artists are trying to figure out how to work around those limitations, maybe create a maybe slightly different collection that is fit for Bitcoin. So, so do you guys see that quite a bit? That let's say they approach you first, they don't have the knowledge, you tell them, hey, you cannot inscribe this or it's going to cost this much money. And then they kind of go back to the drawing board and say like, okay, we're going to do something else. Like, do you see the dynamic quite a bit, guys? Yeah, we definitely see um, like challenges when it comes to up and coming artists, people who are new to the crypto space, um, are buying their first Bitcoin and are realizing, man, it's going to be expensive to inscribe my art. And one of the things we did is we have a completely cost-free way to uh, launch a collection and the inscriptions are done by the end user. Um, and we're excited to iterate on that and add, you know, like mint pass and things like that now that we have message signing. Um, and so I think there are ways for the platforms to reduce cross on creators, um, but I also think there's gonna be some creativity to be seen by the actual artists themselves. Um, and like we've seen some really cool stuff uh, done with SVGs and done with HTML, which don't take necessarily as much space up uh, as you know a JPEG does or whatever. So um, I just think it's going to be um, an evolution on both the platform side and the creator side. Um, and I think like the creativity from the creators we're starting to see is really exciting. Um, and just doing things with like code as art is yeah. going to be like really phenomenal to see develop over the next years. Do you want to add something, like uh, Not specifically to that, but I think what artists also need uh, a lot at the moment would be something that you can that you have some metadata also on chain, 
what belongs to a, to a, to a collection. Because at the moment, um, it's not possible. You just upload 10, uh, 10 pictures, for example, and then the artist defines, okay, this is my collection, yeah? But there's nothing on-chain proof or so that, that this is really the, this one collection and this um, uh, ordinal is belonging to this collection. But I think uh, we are seeing already some development on the protocol side that you have this uh, parent and child scheme to inscribe. And this is something I think which uh, many artists are waiting at the moment. Yeah. Nice. Brian, I actually want to go to you. So I remember you mentioned, you know, I think it was like two weeks ago or something, you were talking about the four megabytes blocks, inscriptions, and you said you're going to offer that service on Ordinal's bot. So, so how far is that to actually like democratize that solution? Yeah, so um, we've got a lot of mining partners now we've been reaching out to, um, and they've actually reached out to us as well because they've realized this is a huge wave of, of new business for them. Um, and yeah, so we've got some mining partners and we wanted, like at Ordinal's bot, we just automate everything. So that's what we also want to automate. Um, so yeah, they're coming soon. There'll be a, a, you know, that, that available option that you can just um, essentially, you know, upload your file and then we'll queue it up for you and, and automate the whole process in terms of like how long it's got to take because you obviously don't just get it right away. They need to win the block and everything. So there's a little bit of a queue. But yeah, we're going to launch that soon. And then we just launched also the rare stats inscription as well, which is really, really interesting. You know, Casey, when he designed the protocol, he kind of uh, just made this thing where it's like the, the rare Satoshis and I'm loving it. I think it's a really great concept. So forgetting about the artwork or anything, just the Satoshi itself is is rare. Um, and yeah, we've we've essentially just started like gold panning these, you know, because we're getting like a, an inflow of Bitcoin. So we've put like yeah. a filter on it and we're just like segregating all the 2009 sats and the rares and the uncommons. And we've not, we've not got any rares yet. We've only got uncommons. But yeah, we're, we're basically gold panning these things and then, and then you can go to the website, you can click on, like, you upload your file, click on 2009, and we'll inscribe it on a 2009 sat for you all automatically. That's yeah, cool. It's, it's not only about the rare sets, um, it's also about that, uh, you know, every Satoshi has his own name. And for example, yesterday I learned about, uh, at the Aquarius meet, uh, Meetup, I learned about the most sleepy sat, for example, is ZZZZZZ, it's 10 sets, yeah? So, it, and it will be mined next year, or no, this year in November, yeah? And I think we will also see a lot of things. Yeah. For example, my, my name, Lightrider, is also a sat with my name, yeah? And I think we will see a lot of people hunting, especially for their names, for their Twitter names, and so on. This is really cool. I can just say, though, the names are shortening. So right now, they're long. Um, and as the blocks progress, that gets shorter and shorter. So if your name's Bob, you probably, you probably have to wait until, like, 2140 <laughs> to get your sat. Or all the bands, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, uh, so just just curious, how much does it cost now? Let's say if you or if you if you offer that four megabyte service, like what's the cost right now? Yeah, we're still trying to figure it out. You know, when we spoke to the miners, they're also like, what should we charge? And, you know, <laughs> and we're not sure. So we're just trying to figure it out at the moment, actually. And and basically, whatever they give us, we'll put a little bit of a markup on it for the automation part, yeah. and that's it. They'll get ninety nine percent of it probably, um, as as they do with the inscription part as well. You know, a lot of the the fees we've paid so much money to miners over the last three months, but it's, it's the price you paid for Bitcoin to be moving along and um, the network's really healthy. People might not like the high fees, but that's, that's part of the game, isn't it? 100%. So. Yeah. I mean, the, you can always play around with it, right? You know, you can always figure out the timing, maybe when the fees are a little bit lower, et cetera, right? To so kind of optimize for that. Also, what would be interesting is like you can fractionalize, right? 
let's say like, you know, you're, you're a collection, you want to inscribe like on four megabytes, it's expensive, but you can have like potentially thousand holders of that one inscription, right? So, so those things could be actually interesting. But what is something that, that you saw? Like what, what is something, you know, from the art perspective, you know, from what people are actually pitching you as ideas, what they would like to do? Like, like can you share some alpha? Like obviously maybe not even naming the names, but like, you know, kind of the direction where this is going, you know, like what people are coming up with. I think we're still, like it's similar to what I was saying before with like, SVGs and HTML. I think people are going to get creative with the code and the code side of things. Um, I, I haven't, like, I still feel like we're seeing a lot of like 10K collections, obviously that's dropping with the fees, um, and artists putting, uh, you know, their art on Bitcoin as they were on Ethereum or previously. Um, so it's something I'm really excited to see um, and just doing what we can to enable it. I can also say, for example, that uh, some people are working on NORD, it's called, so negative inscription numbers. And this <laughs> is uh, because of, you know, we have these lost inscriptions. And uh, there must be some numbering system for them. And so some people came up with the idea that we gave all these lost inscriptions, we give them negative numbers. And so they have uh, introduced a NORD wallet, uh, which is the same like the ORD wallet, but it can also um, uh, display in the, in the NORD Explorer the negative inscription numbers. And I think in, it, it will not take too long and we will implement it. And then you can also inscribe on negative <laughs> inscription numbers. I can now confirm also NORD spot is coming soon as well. Oh, really? Okay. Good to know. <laughs> no, that's cool, guys. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think we have a couple more minutes left. So, uh, so uh, you know, like, like, I would love to kind of uh, get your perspective on, you know, like, 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 what else as a collective can we do to, like, kind of improve this space, you know, and, like, get more artists into this? Obviously, you are doing your part with, like, you know, enabling inscriptions and democratizing this, but, but what would you like to say, uh, what would you like to see, you know, like, everybody else doing? Like, you know, let's say from a wallet perspective, like, what would you like to see some sort of improvements and, and stuff, you know, just kind of pick your brain on that? I can see, I mean, I just, I like to see more UX um, people coming into the space and making more really easy to use and easy onboarding for apps. And I think that, you know, Xverse and Hero and things have done a great job with that from the wallet perspective. So, yeah, I'd like to see, like, just more of that happening. And then also just, yeah, more contributors to the Ord uh, uh, repo itself. Um, you know, the more people we've got working on that, the stronger the protocol will be. The, the safer our businesses will be, right? You know, we don't want these bugs that, but bugs happen and, and we'll fix them. You know, like it's, it's like a couple of months old, you know, like mainnet, whatever you want to call it. So these things will happen and, and we'll fix them and, and we'll move forward and um, there'll be big breaking changes, there'll be big things going forward. And uh, I think this time next year, it'll be a really strong, much stronger protocol, massive businesses built there and then we'll be ready for the prime time basically. Nice. I'm, I'm really curious when people start also implementing new standards like also PRC20, but I think there are also uh, already some standards, for example, for inscribing news. And with that, the yeah. people will also start to inscribe more and more other documents, not only picture, but uh, I don't know, maybe some signed PDF documents. And then with PSPTs, we have a, a way to, to, to trade them. So we have a trustless marketplace for all kinds of documents you can imagine. I mean, there are not use cases for that maybe now, but I think we will see a lot in the future. 
And actually, I have a follow-up question to you specifically because I think you mentioned Lightning, you know, and obviously you guys also support Lightning. But you know, I see it quite a bit in the in the Twitter community when I see like when you guys post something and there are people commenting like, when can we get like more Lightning integration, you know, for inscriptions and like make it cheaper, etc. So like like what's the vision there? Like can Lightning really like help a lot with making inscription a lot cheaper? Like what are you guys working on there? Uh, to be honest, I don't see a way how how Lightning could help there because you know Lightning, you you have no way to to store data um, uh, on chain in, in Lightning. There is no way. I I would say what will become interesting is when Taro, you know, I think it's now called Taproot Assets, the the protocol by Lightning Labs. I think this will be very interesting when it comes to non-fungible tokens because Lightning would be very efficient for non uh, for fun sorry for fungible tokens like BRC20 because BRC20 they don't need a lot of data. Yeah, so I think we can do something with Lightning there. But when it comes to NFTs, if you want to trade NFTs on Lightning, you still have to store them somewhere on chain. So I don't see a way at the moment how how Lightning could help there. But from a payment point of view, it's, yeah. it's great. You know, like you, yeah. we had Lightning since day one, and um, you have to, when you when you use our service, you have to wait on that on-chain payment happening before we even start the inscription. So if you do, if you use Lightning, then the payment is instant, and then we can get inscribing straight away. So it speeds up the process if you use Lightning for payments. So yeah. the funny thing is, it's exactly the other way around. So um, inscriptions in Ordinal help Lightning a lot because yeah. now we have on-chain yeah. fees, high on-chain fees, and to be honest. If if the fees would stay like they have stayed over the the last year or so, that you can send one hundred dollar with one satoshi per rebyte, it was cheaper to do this on chain than Lightning. And if we would have these kind of on chain fees still for the next two years, I think many many Lightning companies would get really into trouble. So it's exactly the other way around. So ordinals help a lot Lightning. Yeah. Nice. Jack, do you have any other comments on what you would like to see in the space? And you know, even from others, not just obviously you guys are pushing in the direction, but like, what else can we do to support this ecosystem? Yeah, I think it's important for like us as people who have been in the crypto ecosystem for so long um, to remember that it's generally not all that easy and straightforward to onboard. Um, we have like the amazing wallets that the UI is always improving and uh, the experience there is good, but sometimes just getting into the wallet uh, from a non-crypto owner and having their first uh, piece of Bitcoin is quite challenging. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how like the on-ramps evolve over time um, and if there's a, a smoother way to improve that. Um, but overall, uh, and maybe it's education resources, but getting getting users more comfortable with buying their first Bitcoin, understanding how to spend it, understanding how to inscribe, um, and uh, just kind of learning that process, I think, is something that probably is still needed, um, even though there's a lot of resources in that space. Um, you know, I talk to my friends and they are still like, I'm the weird crypto guy, you know? Um, so it's, it's uh, there's a lot to be done, I think. But I think over time, like, we'll see the adoption um, creep up. And I think we will get, you know, a more, um, like, abstracted experience. So Awesome. I think we're on time. So thank you so much, guys. Really appreciate you joining me here. And uh, yeah, if you guys are interested in chatting with these gentlemen, please find them afterwards. Thanks, Thanks so much. Thanks for having us. Yes. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please rate and review our show. Subscribe to the Ordinals podcast on Spotify, iTunes, or your favorite app, and follow us on Twitter at the OrdPod. Drop us a line at podcast at org.media for topics you'd like us to cover or guests you'd like us to interview. 
Ordinals 2024 conference is taking place in Nashville. Early bird passes are available now. Visit org.media and sign up for our newsletter. Thanks for listening to the Ordinals podcast, produced by Ord Media. Thank you.